Hi, I'm Sean. Hi, and I'm Shannon. And we're the hosts of Wifey and Baby Mama. Some of you might be a little surprised to hear me open up the show tonight. But as we teased last week, we have a special show tonight um, because we have the honor of interviewing our own celebrity co-host and author, Yvette <laughs> LaShawn Gaines. We lovingly call her Sean. Um, as we discuss, her latest project it is a phenomenal novel called A Love the World Should Know. And because we continue to grow globally, as we are now in eight countries, eight yes. countries, y'all, we are so proud and happy to have um, our subscriber base, base growing across the globe. Um, so because of that, we felt like this is the perfect time to spread the word about the powerful message in Sean's book. And to not only help me tonight with some probing questions, we have a special guest, Tamara, as well. Welcome, Tamara. Um, can you give our listeners a little bit of info about you and your and your relationship, of course, with our guest? I'm sorry, with our Arthur. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Absolutely. Yeah. It would be my pleasure. So again, <laughs> like you said, my name is Tamara Zantel. I'm the CEO and founder of Raising a Mogul and Legacy Brand Creators Agency. I have the awesome opportunity to work with young moguls globally and families who want to build sustainable brands, launch uh, platforms or, you know, anything that their wildest dreams that they've ever thought about doing that build a family <laughs> legacy. So I, I feel like I have like the best job in the world. Yeah. And you right. asked me about my connection to our celebrity, to your celebrity co-host, <laughs> my celebrity friend, Yvette. Yeah. So listen, I moved to Buffalo, New York when I was just 16 years old. I was a junior in high school and this young lady became my bestie. All right. So we have been friends since we were 16 years old and we wow. are <laughs> years old and we're still out here doing it. Let's just say that. Okay. We're still That's out here doing right. it. We have not That's meet. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. There it is. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Welcome. Welcome. And our, our listeners, they know we love to have a guest. So welcome. Absolutely. Welcome. Thank you. So welcome. I'm happy tomorrow. to be here. Yeah. We're happy so to excited. have you. All right. So our format will be a little different uh, tonight. So we're going to um, ask Sean some questions. And after you listen and you have any additional questions, feel free. Send them to us. We'll follow up another week, um, another time. Um, don't hesitate to reach out. All right. So let's get started. And let me say, before I get started, <laughs> with the questions, that is, I love the book. And I've already told Sean this, of course. But thank when you say you laugh, you cry, you laugh, you cry, that's not an exaggeration, people. Um, <laughs> not at all. Um, I, my emotions were all over the place. And when it comes from, you know, me, I think, you know, people might say, oh, wait a minute, you're reading about, you know, your, your baby daddy. And I'm like, yeah, and I'm crying. <laughs> I'm so emotional. I'm like, it was just, it just touched my heart so much. And I just implore everyone to go out and get this book. Thank so you, let me, let me I start agree with my more. first. I couldn't agree more. Oh, yeah. Thank you, guys. All right. So my first question is, who is this book for? This book is for um, anyone like me, Shannon, who was born in you know, less than favorable conditions. And you were told basically since you were a little girl, you saw without being told that this is not a good life. And you decide to either let it roll over you or you roll with it. This book is for anyone who's having a hard time thinking, you know, I'm just one person. Like, what am I supposed to do about changing a whole generation? Mm -hmm. So was Oprah Winfrey. 
so was Tyler Perry, so was Harriet Tubman, so was Martin Luther King. They were all one person. So one person is all it takes to change a generational curse, to change a generational legacy. So this book is for anyone who feels like, I've been born into this life, so now what? Mm. So now you live it the best of your ability, and you decide that you're going to be the change in your family. That's awesome. I love that. I'm, I'm, I'm my, I built a brand on legacy and breaking generational mm-hmm. chain, uh, chains and being challenging the status quo. So like that hits home for me. And I mm-hmm. feel like that's what you're giving so many people permission to do. I feel mm-hmm. like all of us, we might hear, read our affirmation or hear something amazing out there, or get motivated in church on Sunday or wherever you find mm-hmm. your motivation, but to actually dig in deep and actually get it done and do it. You know, like you, you demonstrate in this book over and over and over again is, 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 it's just wild. So I feel like people, yeah. there's so many of us out there that have excuses. The reason why it mm-hmm. won't work, the reason why, you know, like that's for them or that worked out for her to never work for me, but you're giving us permission in a different way to kind of leap past what we, what our circumstances are and grab exactly what we know that we deserve. So I really, yeah. really appreciate that about, you know, reading this book, even for the third time. <laughs> and and I'm so happy because I didn't know where to jump in. You know, this is Shanna's mm-hmm. thing. I was going to let her do her thing. But now that T said that, I can kind of segue into saying she mentioned that we have been friends for 16 years. She mentioned that um, we're besties. What she did mm-hmm. not mention is that she's the famous T in the book that you're all reading. <laughs> when we were at the college you parties, when we, was, when we was going to the beat the dudes down, this is T. So this is the T that took me in. And saved my life, right? Her and her family, her father and mother, they just literally became my parents. They didn't, she didn't ask permission. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way she is in life. She didn't say, could mm-hmm. my friend here? She's like, my friend, she, she's coming here. And they're like, okay. So I think she took from yeah. that that she can just do anything she wants in the world. So she did. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bring my friend home mm-hmm. to live with. <laughs> True. And they were like, okay. <laughs> literally. Like, it's yes. not a freaking story. Uh, and I uh, literally them. And then they, you know, and Another little thing, I'm going to let you girls get back to the interview because y'all know I like to talk. She <laughs> and I went our separate ways. I moved to Georgia to go work for Homeland Security like and chase bad guys, right? And she mm-hmm. went off to be this freaking amazing like uh, producer, uh, brand creator, right? So we lost mm-hmm. touch, as uh, grown people often do. She oh, yeah. had no idea that I was writing a book. I had no idea that she was running a freaking publishing company. And so um, I got ma- remarried in 2020 and she's like, what's been going on? I'm like, girl, I'm writing this book. It's kicking my butt. She's like, well, let me know how it works out. And she walks away. Right. She waits <laughs> until I struggle. <laughs> she waits until I struggle. Right. Through two different freaking <laughs> publishing companies to say, like, I don't know what to do. They'll charge me all this money. They're killing me to say, I have a publishing company. Would you like me to do it? I'm like, what? But she didn't want me to feel obligated because she's my best right, friend to say, give right. me your money. Like that's yeah, just who she is. Yeah. And that's why we do what we do because mm-hmm. someone would think, well, she's writing a book and she's, you know, she's probably just writing off of her coat. Had no idea. We hadn't yeah. spoke in- intensely in, in years. But yeah. that's just wow. what God is. Is that not only did we not speak to each other for a while and in, in, in deep, you know, detail. It's like, we just picked up where we left off and there was mm-hmm. no Absolutely. girl, where you been? And how come you haven't talked to me or whatever? <laughs> like we've always been in each other's lives, even if it was just in playing in the background. So I think yeah. that's what real friendship after 30 a, years. I have been through a, that's what we do. I have been through a whole marriage. <laughs> I was back to the first husband. I don't even know if she was one. I don't even know if she knew mm-hmm. was a husband. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's just how it was, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But serious business, though. I mean, that's that's just how real that. Yeah, that's exactly that's how real friends operate. You know, once you become adults and you have your own families, you know, people have to understand. Absolutely, I agree with that. Okay, next question. Okay, okay. Next question. So you are really raw in this book. You you admit, you know, you're wrong. You admit your hurts. Um, you put so much out there that, you know, would be um, really, really hard for so many people to do. So how hard was it for you to be that vulnerable? Um, now that I am who I am, 
Not hard at all. Because I came to a point in my life about five to 10 years ago that God knew everything about me. Who else do I have to hide from? So some of the hearts were hearts. We live in some of the memories with hearts. Mm -hmm. But to put my truth out Mm -hmm. was not hard at all because I'm, I'm past that. That's my past. I don't live there anymore. So the only way, uh, the best way I feel to, to get people past their pain is to show yours first. Awesome. That's good. I love that. I love that. That goes back to what Mm -hmm. I was talking about with giving permission, opening the Mm -hmm. door for someone else. I think sometimes bravery happens through other people and we have to see that Mm -hmm. one woman stepping out gives us permission for us to then step out, you know, and I think Mm -hmm. I see it all the time and I don't think we ever look at ourselves as the one that's going to step out. We don't look at us as ever, ever, never do we specifically us as black women. Do we think about us being the, the hero in the story? You know, Absolutely. and I think right. and we, and when we, yeah, and when we think about that, we think about the hero in our story. But what happens if mm-hmm. we have the opportunity to be the hero in somebody else's story by just mm-hmm. sharing our story? So, I mean, Amazing. I think yeah. so many people that have read this book and that will read this book, Yvette, are going to be like, she is my hero. Like, yeah. I feel like I can do so many other things. Mm-hmm. I can get through this divorce. I can have this baby and not feel shame. Mm-hmm. I can do this. I, you know, like I can deal with yep. my family in a different way and still yep. be yep. who I absolutely want to be and who I know that God has called me to be regardless. And that, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That is huge. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And, and when you talk about empowerment too, you know, um, a lot of people, uh, you don't have certain, I guess, ideals in their mind of who would be that, that Mm -hmm. ideal role model. Um, and you're exactly that (laughs) when they read the book, they will see that. I mean, you can take your story and apply it to, even if someone grew up in, I don't know, (laughs) a mansion with 1.2 million dollars in their pocket they could still find what something from um what you went through and experienced and grew from and apply that to their lives i think it's universal i think that's a wonderful point shannon because um in my channel for interview in this interview i think i started with poverty and i start with black I thank you for bringing mm-hmm. that. I don't want, I, I, I'm got to be careful. Now that you mentioned that, not to say, and now that Tamara said they can touch any woman, it's not just for poverty. We fight right. battles in our own mind every day that has nothing to do with money. Uh, you know, it's any right. situation that you're in. Like, like Tamara said, I can have this baby. Just, it's not only black women that are, or have divorces or have babies out of wedlock, right? It's not only black people that are born into poverty. So this is for anybody absolutely. in any situation mm-hmm. that you feel like I can't do it. You absolutely can't. Yeah. So thank you ladies for yeah. bringing that out. It's for anyone. I who's love that. Going through. Thank That's you. amazing. Can I, Shannon, do you mind if I jump in with a question? Because she oh, sure. already started talking. She mentioned just Channel 4 <laughs> interview. And I just have this question that I have been waiting to ask you. Can I, do I have your permission to step to step oh, my the gosh. mic? Yes, yes. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Okay. So, Yvette, you, we, we talked about, okay. First of all, congratulations on the interview. It was an oh, amazing yes. interview. I just was thank watching you. you and I was like, That's it was so good, right? Um, Thank you. It, it just was really good. So, but you you posted on on Facebook, right? So, if you're not following, you need to follow because the story just even gets more real, right? On Facebook, <laughs> wherever wherever she is, Google my friend, okay? Um, you posted a picture, and you, you know you was all swagged out, looking all good up there, and I was yeah. like, yes, okay. But you posted yeah. a picture of your feet, and you mentioned. <laughs> my lucky shoes and you know me Ah. I'm I'm all about platform building branding messaging all the things right (laughs) I know I need to know more because I was like there is a story here that she is not telling and I need to know so let's go okay so why are those your lucky shoes that photo with your feet you know what I'm talking about right I do um okay my my Ralph Lawrence I'll tell you uh, those were the last pair of shoes my father bought me for an interview over 10 years Uh. ago and um Man, wow. no, I hate, but you could have asked this last. Now, girl, you're going to bring the tears out. But anyways, 
Um, and if anyone knows my father, he's very tight, girl. He real filled with money. He real tight, right? So <laughs> he was, he, his saying was, my money is for the needy, not the greedy. So, so he seriously didn't play about his money. <laughs> but I knew those rules. I knew those rules didn't apply to his I baby girl, you know? So I convinced him by saying, daddy, like, these are, this is a career changing opportunity. It's an opportunity of a lifetime. Like, I got this outfit and I need these shoes, right? He looked at him and he said, who the hell is Ralph? And why his shoes cost $400? Don't nobody <laughs> name Ron make shoes? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so, shoes, <laughs> so you, you know that $400 10 years ago was a lot of money to my father. Because I said, uh, oh, goodness. Now $400 oh a day. Yeah. I was about right. to say, now $400 a day probably won't get you a good pair of shoes if you're really doing it right. But he said, who the hell is Ralph? I said, Dad, that Ralph Lawrence. He said, who the hell is Ralph? And nobody don't run, don't make shoes? Listen, me, the sales associate at the mall, we were dying. The lady had tears in her eyes. She dropped the box and had to sit down before she could finish helping us. But guess what? I got those shoes. So when I need to be reassured or when I need to feel my daddy close to me, you will see those shoes. Even after I'm a millionaire, Mm -hmm. you shall see those shoes. (laughs) I love that. <laughs> Thank you. I knew that had to be. I was like, my lucky shoes. And then I was like, okay, they're cute, but there has to be more here. So, yes, we definitely need more of those stories because. Mm-hmm. Like, they're cute, but I've seen better ones than that. Now, I know she got no. <laughs> well, you know, I know she got some better ones than that. <laughs> no, you always show up. No, I'm you just show up here. correct. I'm just. I'm but just I love right. that. I love that story. Right. And thank you for sharing that with us. Your, your father is indeed a force in the book. So, knowing that. Mm-hmm. It, it just kind of touches me in a different way, you know. So yeah. that was we're yes. gonna yes, we're gonna talk more about that. I love that. That's so good. Okay. So thank you, Shannon. Okay. I will I shall fade in the back. <laughs> oh no, no, please don't. Do not. <laughs> you do not. Um Yeah. That's so, so good. um yeah, so since you brought up um uh you know, Sean, you just mentioned your father. One of my questions actually um, talked about, um, you know, how much I loved. I loved how much you love your father and your stepfather. And mm-hmm. I learned that in the book. Um, how much and in what ways do you think each one of them impacted you today? And uh, how? My father? Um, differently because my father was a man of, he was stern, again, frugal. He was about credit score. He probably had an 800 when he died. He was uh, that man. He taught me mm-hmm. responsibility. I don't know how much of it I picked up. I mean, I didn't pick up a lot of it, but he, that's what he represented. He represented business. Get this done. This is the mm-hmm. life you should lead. This is how you raise your children. Your children need a father. You guys saw that in the book. He was all about family mm-hmm. value structure. My stepfather taught me love. My stepfather taught me, live your life, baby. That man didn't work out. Get you another one. I wasn't afraid to call my stepdad and say, dad, I'm pregnant. When I called him and told him I was pregnant, he was elated every single time. But my father was like, you ain't married. What the hell you mean you're pregnant? (laughs) So they represented, (laughs) they represented so many different things. And I mm-hmm. had the best of both worlds because of it. Because I think my, my, my stepfather was just like me. We got it. We spending it. Where are we going, baby? We ain't that. We mm-hmm. got to pay the rent. We'll do that next week. <laughs> they gave me the best of both worlds. My father taught me, you should yeah. be responsible. You should live this way. My stepfather taught me that tomorrow mm-hmm. is not promised to any of us. Live your life, baby. And I needed talk about balance, harmony. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah. And so I'm is. happy you said both sides of the coin. Shouldn't we have that? And I'm so happy that yeah. you said that, Shannon, because when I talk about my life and the things I had to overcome, please understand it wasn't all bad. And to get out of the bad, you right. gotta hang on to the good right. pieces that God gives mm-hmm. you, because He always gives us sprinkles in anything we do. And you gotta learn how to leave your hands open to catch the good sprinkles and not let the bad things mm-hmm. fill them up. Hmm. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Write, yes. That down. <laughs> Write that down. Write that down. Okay. Now I'm gonna touch on something. I don't know if if you uh, you know don't want me to go here or whatever. You just let me know. We can. I, I we can, can decline. Go with okay. The flow. <laughs> okay. I can decline yes. the question. Thank you for giving me the option. Yes. Go ahead. 
Yes. So in the book, my heart melted, of course, um, when Jimmy said that he wanted to say he was the father of your second daughter. (laughs) Can you tell me what you were feeling? Because to me, that was the ultimate love. And it was just like, oh, you know, fairy tale to me. I mean, and what, what dreams are made of. And it just melted my heart. So I'm going to tell you that when I saw Jimmy's eyes at the bus stop, I knew he was a good looking man. Um, And since we're going there, guys, you know, it's a family show, but I got to tell you, when I made love to Jimmy for the Mm -hmm. first time, I thought I would never want anybody Mm -hmm. else in this world. But I don't think I fell Mm -hmm. in love with Jimmy until he, until that day. I think that's the day I fell in love with him. And I think had I been in that kind of love, I wouldn't have had the second daughter. I would have been able to hang on. We were together. We Mm -hmm. loved each other. But I didn't fall in love. And then people said, well, you had another baby. You hurt him again. Falling in love with someone does not exempt you from doing stupid things. And I did plenty of stupid things afterwards. But the day he told me that was the day that I knew I would never want to live life without him. And that's how I think I found my way back to him from that day. That's so beautiful. I love it. It is. When I tell you, touching, touching, touching. Ah! So beautiful. Mm-hmm. Wow. So since we're already emotional and it's all, you know, <laughs> getting all, you know, real, real up in here. <laughs> I want to know what's the one line that resonates with you? So like when you were writing, did you like, was there any line in the book that where you're like, yeah, this is it. Or mm, I don't know if I should say that. Or yes, I'm so glad that, you know, like share that with me. Is there one line? I mean, you wrote this amazing experience and that's what I'm calling it. But, <laughs> you know, is there one line for you? What's the one line for you? Um, The one line for me, I think would come when, I was with my second husband and I think, again, I I think you guys read the book. If God would have said, come to heaven and make your husband now, (laughs) as much as I love Jimmy, (laughs) Jimmy did not have all those qualities at the time. He did not, I never saw the qualities that my, that that Chris gave to me, you know, and Mm -hmm. he was just good to me, but I couldn't love him for that reason. My heart was already taken and I don't know, you know, people will really understand this. But I think once you mm-hmm. really give your heart away, it's just really hard to get it back. And and I understand mm-hmm. yeah. through everything, you know, how people can be torn. And I think that would be the line that I wrote, mm-hmm. uh, being one man's wife and having love as fresh as the morning dew on grass for another causes conflict in my heart daily. I mean, as soon as I wrote it, I thought, like, that's a perfect depiction of what being torn feels like. Like morning dew signals mm-hmm. freshness, right? A new day. But who right. likes walking in wet grass in their good shoes? <laughs> it's a dilemma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I think yeah. <laughs> the deepest line that I wrote. That's and that's why. Deep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. I love that. Mm-hmm. And I, I get it. And I felt that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah. felt that. Yeah. Wow. And I agree with once you give your heart away, it is like you really, it's, it's, it's a whole situation to get it back. If you even really want to get it back. Is that why you back with your husband again mm-hmm. too? So I'm going to tell oh, the big girl. She has a Jimmy. <laughs> she has a Jimmy that she's back with she for the second time, there. guys. Like life and karma is just following us around as friends, right? For real, so, yeah. for real. And oh, the, wow. The dark and in the light. So, yes. Oh, Shannon, my God. His name is, am... And Shannon, his name is Jimmy, Shannon. His oh, name is Lord. Jimmy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yes, I have a Jimmy, too, and I am now engaged <laughs> to my ex-husband. So, I get it. <laughs> I get it. All oh my right. Gosh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actual yeah. divorce. And now we're engaged again. How freaking dare oh, I? Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> well, like, I don't even know what to say. I know. I mean, that just shows me. I mean, that's, that's love, I guess, you know, that you yeah. guys found long ago. And um, we've talked on the, the podcast before, you know, it took me a long time, you know, um, when I, you know, met my husband it was just different. I knew because I'm like, okay, all these years I never mm-hmm. could click. This is with what I wanted to feel. Anything. And, and this is what I'm feeling. <laughs> yes, okay. exactly. 
exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So for you two to have had it and now to be back with it and all of that, I think it's beautiful. I really do. I think it's a wonderful thing. Um, Thank you. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. There's and thank Hope you for everyone for, for, for Ed, bringing yes, it, it all is. out. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. I'm going to ask you another question. It's a little bit more um, personal meaning because of um, my relationship with the, the family. Um, okay. But also folks that read the book um, will, will see a little bit too, but you talked about your relationship with Daddy Gaines, who is your husband, father, your your father-in-law, who transitioned in 2009. Um, yes. And I know he was so proud of you. He was so, so proud of you. What is something you would like people to know about him that was special just between you and him? Um, that. He told me, and I, I don't know if I did or didn't put this in the book. He basically reassured me maybe a couple of years before he died. He told me in so many words, not years. I'm so sorry, guys, months. He called me and he said, Jamila, for some reason, didn't go to New York this summer before. I don't know. I was working. It was something crazy. And um, he said, where's my girl? I said, Daddy, you know, she couldn't make it. I said, I'm working this job. It keeps me busy. I said, I'm going to try my best to get her there next year. He said, I don't know if next year is good enough for me. I want to see my baby right now. I said, Daddy, I know, but I'm working. And he said, I understand. Life gets the best of you. He said, but listen, if if, if next year never come, you know, and he made this, that little laugh. That, ha, ha, I loved his laugh. He said, next <laughs> yeah. year never comes. And he did his laugh. He said, just know this. You're doing a wonderful job. And my son shall finish mm. what he started. He said, just wait. And mm. he died two months later. Just and he died two months later. Mm-hmm. But he mm-hmm. I, he didn't part without telling me that I told you what I said. And I know my son. You know, my son is me. He said, mm-hmm. give him time. Because without getting mm-hmm. too intimate, because he has transitioned, you know, and I don't have my husband's permission to go mm-hmm. too far into detail. But his father yeah, wasn't yeah. always a deacon. He wasn't always a saint. But he knew so much right. of his son was in him. He was so reassured. And mm-hmm. I'm sure the Lord had a lot to do with it as well, is in reassuring him that oh, yeah. your son's going to do the right thing. I was just mm-hmm. honored with as many as women as he probably had seen his son with, that he thought I was worthy, that he that mm-hmm. he ran the race for me, that he rooted for me until the day he died. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. And I think... Part of that is because he knew I was good for his son. And I think part of it is because even mm-hmm. though I was crazy as all get out back then, he saw in me what it would take to change his son into the man or to pray for his son. Only God can change me. Mm-hmm. For me to pray for his son, to have the endurance and the diligence to wait for his son, to show him God mm-hmm. so he could understand what God looked like and what the love of God looks like. He had that much confidence in me. Yeah. And he was absolutely right. Absolutely right. right. Mm-hmm. What an amazing gift for us to have someone that believes in us and what absolutely. we're capable of so mm-hmm. much. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So those are all my questions. So we had <clears> a, <throat> your, um, and I will, I will turn it to T. Um, I don't She's know like, if you want to go to our. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we. Uh, we got one email, but let's go to T first, though. So go ahead, okay, I will, keep, I will keep it brief because I know. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, Take your time. Take your time. This has been such a great <laughs> conversation. And we have both had the opportunity, Shannon, to really, you know, ask all of our burning questions and really get down to the nitty gritty so that those anyone that has already read the book is like, yes, thank you for asking that. And then anyone <laughs> that is like just learning about this experience, what I'm calling it, you need you're already feeling like you should have had it already. Right. So mm-hmm. go get it. Um, right. So my question for the <laughs> author, right, is I, I want to know what is because we're talking about the reading of the book. What is the most unique thing in your book w- that you would say that most people uh, wouldn't notice from reading it once? What is the most unique um, thing? 
if you didn't notice from reading it once and you can't answer, you should probably know because you read it like three times because you published it. But if you <laughs> or more, if you just and maybe and maybe you didn't. So let's see if you knew that each of my chapters name is embedded in the chapter of the book. Uh, for example, um, I think chapter four is called College Bound. You'll find that in chapter four. And I believe chapter 20 is called Wounds in the Way. When I was going through the dilemma between my ex-husband and Jimmy. And Wounds in the Way mm-hmm. is embedded in one of the lines. So every single chapter. Okay. Now somebody's going to be doing research. Somebody can do some homework right now. Well, somebody's going to go grab listen. their book and start highlighting stuff. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute. I got my book in front of me. I'm about to check. Yeah. <laughs> have my novel. Okay. Right. It's a highlighted now. Uh-huh. <laughs> So in every single like chapter, you, can, you can't ever unsee it. <laughs> no, no, yeah, you got to look for yeah. it, right? So that's I think the most unique thing because you know I wanted that to be unique because I knew my story wasn't mm-hmm. unique to just me. You know, my story isn't mm-hmm. unique to me, but I, I wanted to give it to the world and like Tamara said to empower other people. And you probably will find many of these stories mm-hmm. now that they're like, okay, I can do this. So that story I told isn't unique to me. It's just my story. So to make my book unique, that was something. Something and I thought, like, what can make this thing catchy? So that's what I did. I put mm-hmm. a chapter name in every chapter of the book. Every chapter name is embedded in the pair in the in the, the chapter in a paragraph. In the chapter. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yes. Yeah. So everyone, please go look for that. Make sure you <laughs> highlight it. I just got these um fancy pastel highlighters, so I'll be highlighting my book this week. Yes, yes, yes. So along that vein, in that same vein, rather, Eva, I want to know um since you talked about the ch- each chapter, you know, thinking about thinking outside the box to make the book unique, and how do you stand mm-hmm. out, and how do you as if first of all I have to say this, uh, Shannon, as if the book itself was not unique. <laughs> As if the book itself oh, yeah, not yeah. position her or stand her or like you know like set her apart or aside, which is yeah. what we all wish that we could be. Um, I feel right. like it was unique alone. However, I, I'm interested in knowing from you what was the hardest thing about writing this book. Um, the hardest thing was reliving the memories and the pain. Some days I would stop mm. and cry, and I couldn't resume for days, months, a few times, years. I couldn't pick it back up. That's part of the reason it took me 10 years to complete, you know, and a lot of it was for that reason. But I, I also factor in that I had to live through a little more pain before I could be pushed to the promise of that book delivered. So it was a mm, mixture of uh, the two. I mean, it hurt and I didn't want to relive it. But I knew, like I said, in order to, you know, have people release their pain, I had to show mine first. And my reward is watching God's hands of faithfulness, you know, even in this moment. Even- with- Two of my best girls, my biggest supporters, my friends on this interview today is a testament that none of what I went through was in vain. You know, he's released me into the world now to change lives because I took on the task of saving my own. And I've proven to him that I'm equipped to answer the call. I took on the task of saving my own. Okay. Write that down. Yes. Y'all need to put an audio clip wow. of me in here in the every podcast episode. Same, write that down. <laughs> write that down. Write that down. <laughs> that was good. And then the other thing yes, I picked up was. from what you put down is also ten years. Most mm-hmm. of us can't stay committed enough to anything for ten minutes. No. Right. And then to admit the process of, you know, it. Sometimes I put it down for a year. For years, mm-hmm. you said. It could be a week, a month, days, years, and still never lose sight of what you really wanted to accomplish and what the dream was. It's really commendable. That is huge. It is. It is. That is huge. Yes. Go ahead, Shannon. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Shannon. Yeah, I was going to say, yes, so many people wouldn't, you know, go back, you know, their, (laughs) their, their lives would take them so many other places it's hard to go back to oh yeah what was I doing a year ago or two years ago so this was your calling for sure for sure it's clear that God has put this on your life and this is a message that had to be shared um it wasn't something that was that you were going to be able to walk away from so thank you but um, let me let me add a little bit Thank you. I'm I'm grateful that you guys took the time and that you felt the need. And I'm going to put on something with the 10 years. I, I put it up, picked it down, put it up, 
my father died. Um, my father passed away in November of 21. And I had been, I was at my wit's end. But he would always ask me, guys, how's your book coming? How's your book coming? I'm like, that ain't, I don't mm. know about that. He said, I think you should finish the book. How's it coming along? He said, you know, you got to just do it. Mm. He died in November 21, and I was in the basement of my house. and Everyone was asleep, and I just did not know what to do. And I said, what am I going to mm. do without my dad? God, I'm like, this is so unfair. Like, you took my mom. I'm, I'm, I wasn't okay with it, but I'm, but I always told everyone, if something happens to my father, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to lose my marbles. Mm-hmm. And I said, here mm-hmm. I am, God, losing my marbles. My kids were asleep. My husband was asleep. And something in my spirit said, I said, what am I going to do now, God? Like, who, what? And something in my spirit said, finish a book. I said, I don't feel like mm-hmm. writing a book. First of all, let me look around and see who mm-hmm. in this basement with me. Because I know everybody was asleep <laughs> when I came down here. Say what? <laughs> and I said, you know, my father was my help. He always saved me. Shannon, we always talk mm-hmm. about bailed me out of jail. Mm-hmm. Like, I said, I can't get crazy now. But, yeah. Like, yeah. but yeah. So I'm like, what am I going to do? <laughs> and I went and I laid down. I said, okay, I'm tripping now because um, you know, I'm hearing stuff. It's time to lay down. I laid down and my door was cracked just a little. The door opened a little more and something said, what you need to continue is in your hands. Finish your book. I said, okay, God. Okay, I got it. I got it. I said, please go away, Dad. If you go away, I'm so scared. I was literally talking to this door. I got up the next morning. I started writing that book. I was done by January 22. Wow. Okay. Okay. Let's go. So the pain Mm -hmm. of losing my father is what pushed me into my purpose. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm. And here I am. Ooh. So good. Here we are. Ooh. So good. All I love right. it. All right. Love now, let, let me just it. regroup for a minute. <laughs> wow. Wow. And they say everything happens for a reason, right? I, I can't I see the blessing reason when the, I got that call. I'm the like, it's nothing you can do, God. And the grief. Yeah. Yeah. We, I was like, God, there's yeah, nothing we, you can mm-hmm. do to make this right like i'll never be the same again and and he was like girl <laughs> sh- shut up girl the best i got you i got you i got you isn't that it's it's wild how in the midst of the storm or as we sit in our valley we can't even imagine what god has in no, store for us we, we can't cannot. even think oh. that big you know mm-hmm. and so and even now and, with and you know, so publish go ahead yeah. No, no. I'm saying sometimes it's so big. Sometimes it's so big. If we knew, we probably wouldn't even do it. Exactly. So that's why it's yeah. Yeah. safe for him to safer for him to keep it to himself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So amazing. Well, that yeah. was my last question. I mean, for this setting, I have so many other questions, yeah. of course. <laughs> um, and I know that we have to get to our um, community question or the email. Yeah, red line. Me, y'all fill yes. me in how we do this. <laughs> Fill me in. I want to be a part of it. All right. Well, can so, we have one w- more question from the email, Shannon, that I would like? I don't know okay. if you guys. Were, maybe you were asking them so fast. Maybe I forgot. So you want? We have a question, Tasha from Buffalo. Yes, I think that was um, Tasha from Buffalo. What she said? Hey, Tasha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tasha asked, "What happened to Miss McKenna?" And do you still talk to her? Ah, good question, Tasha. Now, Miss McKinnon was both Tamara's and I's teacher all through high school. In the book, you know, my mentor, she, she, after Tamara's parents pushed me off to college because they were like, enough of this strange girl you bought in the house. No, I'm just kidding. Miss <laughs> McKinnon kind of picked <laughs> we up. We actually had to go to college. <laughs> we had to go to college together. So um, keep an eye on her, but we're done. But anyways, she, she um, and I kept in contact for a few years and when I moved to Alabama in 06, I had not heard a word or phone call, anything. I moved back here in 16. I searched for her. I, I looked on Facebook, nothing. And I kind of got disheartened and I was kind of nervous, like, you know, Lord, I hope she's not gone. You know, I always wanted to tell her from a mm-hmm. grown woman. That little girl wanted to tell her thank you. You know, the grown woman wanted to tell her uh-huh. thank you for the way she cared for that little girl. And I couldn't find her. And I mm-hmm. talked to her. Someone from the DA's office brought this book. She read it and she came to me a week later and said, Yvette, do you remember me? I said, no, I don't. She said, my name is Bridget. She said, my sisters were twins and they graduated with you. They talk about that famous fight all the time. And (laughs) oh my goodness. 
I just want, I was a freshman when you was a senior and you probably don't remember. I said, Bridget, I'm sorry, but I know your sisters very well. I said, you know what? By any chance, do any of you know where Miss McKinnon is? She was like, yeah, my sister is best friends with her aunt. They babysit her kids. I'll get in contact. And the next day we contacted each other and we're set for dinner Uh... in a week. Oh, wow. Awesome. Awesome. If you do the work, God will do the rest. I mean, Mm -hmm. just like that, a week after reading my book, she came and she said, my sister is friends with her sister. They're very good friends in Tennessee, mind you. Miss McKinnon's sister is in Tennessee (laughs) with her sister. And it came back to Buffalo of how to contact her. And Miss McKinnon is right here in Buffalo. Wow. Wow. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. That is so, so good. So good. Yep. So Tasha, awesome, there it is. Awesome. We shall see each other before the end of this, if not <laughs> next week, the end of this month. We have dedicated to that. Beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, I can't yes. wait to hear the follow up on that. I want to know. <laughs> I want all the details. <laughs> yes. Okay. Gotcha. All okay. right. So we will move on. Um, but thank you, Sean, for uh, answering all these questions. It's difficult oh, as some of them may have been for you. Thank um, you. We appreciate it. And I'm sure those who have read the book appreciate it. Those who have not read the book, after you read the book, you can go back and listen to these questions <laughs> and, um, you know, might clarify some things for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we appreciate um, Tamara for um, joining us tonight. Um, it's so great to have a special guest. And this has been an extra long um, segment tonight, but we knew it would be special and we appreciate all of you for hanging in there with us. But, you know, we have to get to our red lines because it is our third Thursday of the month and we will have our $100 gift card winner. So let's get into it and I will go into the red lines. All right. So the hostess with the Moses is back. They're going to let me take over for this segment. Thank you, girls. <laughs> Thank you, ladies. I won't carry on too long because we, we ran over our time. So tonight's red line topic is courtesy of our August WBM winner of the month, Candace W. And she writes, quote, hi, I'm baby mama and my ex's wife should not put her hands on my child for any reason. My ex and I don't spank, whoop, or none of that. My ex's ghetto wife has threatened to spank my five-year-old. <laughs> what are your thoughts? End quotes. I had to end quote now because anytime I'm calling my wife ghetto, that was Candace W. And she got beef. So, <laughs> Candace, red line is my segment, but I think I should have just left this one on with my co-host who's <laughs> soft-spoken and gentle because I believe in getting down with the oh, get down. Oh, no, okay? I- uh, my five-year-old get his little behind tapped because I'd rather discipline <laughs> and teach him with the iron fist of love, like I did my other children, rather than let the world go, you know, uh, gung-ho law enforcement harm him with their ways. However, answering from your point of view, I'm going to have to say, if you or the child's father don't operate like that, then wifey is totally out of line. But the person that needs to be handling mm. that first is, is the father. And just to give you a little personal background on the comment, you know, my third daughter by my ex-husband, she's just an absolute angel. I know the other kids going to be hating, but she's so sweet, y'all. But <laughs> she was Aww. about six or seven when me and my husband now got back together. And her father wasn't happy about me getting back with him because he felt he was a big part of the reason why our marriage didn't work. So he was a little angry, maybe rightfully so. So he says, I better not mm-hmm. ever find out he touched my daughter. And after I gave him a few choice words, you know, I left him with this. No one will do anything to my child that I don't condone, right? But if she needs a spanking Mm -hmm. and he's feeding her, clothing her, picking her up, dropping her off from school, practice, you know, whatever, and she does something crazy while I'm not home, she's getting spanking. And that's period. I said it with full respect for both of them, though, because he takes good care of my daughter, don't get me wrong. But her stepfather does equally. Mm -hmm. So whatever method we use in our house, I'm not going to let someone just, you know, harm my children. So getting married didn't alter me from being a mom. We talked about disciplinary ways and my husband and I agree on how we discipline our kids, you know, whether one of us is home or not. Now, jumping back to your case, I'll tell you, I know several people who do not believe in physical discipline and they stand firm on it. And again, this needs to be a Mm -hmm. conversation with the father first. 
You need to find out right. point blank what you and your wife got going on over there, you know. But is he mm-hmm. he may not spank or believe in it, but is he okay with it? Has he given his wife permission to spank the child? You know, and if so, and you're not with it, you guys need to work in a civil manner. Work out how your co-parenting mm-hmm. needs, what it needs to look like, you know, without being stressed or bothered, you know. And another angle is, is she only threatening to spank the child when dad's not around? In that case, it may be time to stop believing the child along with the wife. But again, you guys have all the specifics, you know. I'm giving my outside income. And on this show, we just give our comments from the outside. So don't go telling baby mama, you know, wife and baby mama (laughs) said that she can't come over there no more. Nope, don't do that. We just give our honest opinions. Now, Mm -hmm. the last one, Candace, may not sit well with you. But if we're going to help, we, we try to keep it real on this show. It all depends mm-hmm. on the attitude and behavior of your baby. Because, honey, like I said, I have a five-year-old. Sometimes words won't do. But on the <laughs> other hand, I have several friends and associates that firmly believe in no mm-hmm. And that method mm-hmm. works successfully for some. But for the most part, y'all. Yeah. I'd be like, if you don't whoop that child soon, they're going to be whooping you. <laughs> so, I mean, straight up. No, not for last, but for real. Some of these kids right, grow up right. not knowing what real discipline is. And they learn it the hard way. So I'm not saying abuse them, punch them, twist their arms, none of that. But this topic has a few moving parts. So find out the root first. And I'm going to just leave tonight's red line at this. Spare the rod, spoil the child. And just the remembrance of my grandma tying them switches together, getting these legs got me together sometimes. So I'm not saying that was a good or a bad thing. And I also recognize we live in a different time than when we grew up. So as with anything, assess it. Come to the best solution for all involved. But I will firmly say, if you and dad are adamant and in agreement with practicing no spanking, it's probably wise for wifey to keep her hands to herself and take a seat. And that's the red line topic for the night. Congratulations, Candace. All right. Congratulations. What do you feel about that? Well, <laughs> you're right. I'm the soft-spoken one. <laughs> So, yeah, with my son, it was, it, you know, I, I don't know. I started out like normal, you know, with a little pop here or there. And mm-hmm. then I may have spanked him. I don't know. I could count. And then I was like, I don't like it. <laughs> and so I stopped. And so from then on out, he got punishment, meaning, um, you know, grounded. And I took his equipment or things like that, or made him take it out, take your video game, take your TV, take this out to your room, all of that. And he hated it. And it, it worked best for me. <laughs> so that's because what I this is how I, I th- yeah, this is how I knew it worked. <laughs> yeah, this is how I knew it worked too. Because I remember one time, I w- he was probably about 10 or so. And I was about to put him on punishment again. And he says, I just wish you would spank me like my dad. Because <laughs> you know, Jimmy, Jimmy would whoop him. Jimmy, Jimmy whooped him. Believe in it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, so you want it to be over with? Over no, with. this gonna yes. last two weeks. Yeah, this gonna yes. last two weeks. So yeah. So. So each his own. T, what's your method, girl? I mean, I know her kids are good and grown. She got a grandbaby. She got a lot of grandbabies. So she's like, I'm, that part of my ship has sailed, baby. I'm done. Listen, I ain't spanked nobody, and I can't remember when. <laughs> my baby is 22, so yes. Okay. I have grandchildren so, so now, nothing. and I will you not got be nothing? spanking them. <laughs> I got nothing. Well, that's not her but duty. I, I, that's I, not I, her I, duty. <laughs> Well, you know, I've always been a communicator. So, you know, Uh I have, so I come from a different perspective because I have a child, I have several children actually that have um, sensory issues and one son has a little bit more special needs. So loud noises and anger Mm -hmm. and fast Mm -hmm. movements would stress him. So Mm -hmm. I discovered with that child that any type of like threat or thought of like spanking or any type of aggression, it just sent it to a different realm. 
Yeah, uh, so that changed uh, my perspective on how I would discipline and we turned into, mm -hmm. you know, communication and, you know, similar to what has already been said, you know, redirecting them and taking things away. Other things that they were really passionate about and they really loved, mm -hmm. they they decided it was worth doing what mommy said so I can have those special moments of those yes. things back, you know, yeah. and, and I yeah. had to do that specifically with my son Josiah mm -hmm. because, again, any type of threat or heart, like he would be traumatized for days and even weeks. Mm -hmm. So I had mm -hmm. to be very, very careful about what he was, um, what was done around him or what he experienced. So that kind of, mm -hmm. just, you know, he, I learned so much from him. You know, he taught me how to parent in a different way without, you Absolutely. know, a, an ego or a chip on my shoulder. And, you know, like it has to be my way, my way, the highway. I grew up in, a, in the area or the, you know, frame of, the space like many of us where kids are meant to be seen and not heard and mm -hmm. i decided mm -hmm. that i wanted that to break that to break that cycle with my children yeah. and i wanted to yeah. make sure that not only were they seen but they were also heard and they were honored and they were respected and mm -hmm. i was really really careful not to do anything that was going to damage them long term or break their spirits so awesome that's my take on it yeah that's beautiful awesome. love it Thanks. All right. So if you would like to win a $100 gift card, like our listener and subscriber Candace W. just did tonight, submit your red line to wifeyandbabymama at gmail.com. And the third Thursday of each month, we will choose a winner and read their red line on the show that night. And if your submission is the one we choose to read, you will receive a $100 gift card courtesy of Wifey and Baby Mama. So please send your red lines in. We love reading them. Absolutely. And that is our show for tonight. Uh, thank you all for hanging in there with us as we went a little long tonight. But I know it's worth it every second. So um, we thank uh, tomorrow once again and thank we look you. forward to you <laughs> thank all thank you so much for having me yeah. I had so much and, fun and I, thank I appreciate you. it I yeah. thank you both ladies from the bottom of my heart for taking the time I know firsthand what both of your lives look like daily and the fact that you took the time is an honor much love to you guys and much yeah, love yeah. to you thank audience you love. thank you for hanging in there with yes. us until next week until next week love you